Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. And today we're going to be talking about music and singing and songwriting with our guest, Bronwyn Brent. Bronwyn, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, it's so great to have you on here. Uh, Bronwyn, you're, of course, a native of Greenville, of the Delta, Greenville, Mississippi. You now live on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And we've had you on here in the past, uh, but today we're here. To, we're going to talk a lot about your brand new record. Tell us about it just a little bit when we before we get started on the on the big questions. Well, it's called yeah. Undercover. It was produced uh, by Johnny Sankster. He's a fellow that from Seattle uh, that I've worked with on my previous album Stardust, and we recorded in Brooklyn, which is was a new thing for me, and. Um, it's a little bit more rocking, I would say. So I'm, I kind of went a different direction with, with the record. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is, uh, your, you, you did have, an, your, this is your third record, right? Under your own name? Oh, that's right. Yes, it is. It's your third record. And we've been, I played um, your previous record, Stardust, on the Arts Hour a lot during our music breaks, and everyone really enjoys it. But yeah, this is, definitely can hear Bronwyn in this, in this music, but it's, it is a lot different of a, an approach than the than stardust and but it's great i think it's it's got a great new sound uh for you and it really really fits with with your songwriting but let's let's kind of get people introduced to you the people that aren't familiar with you okay. um so uh i think that the kind of the big thing in your bio that people need to understand is that you come out of a musical family from greenville <laughs> i'm the youngest of four and I'm sure your listeners will know my sister, Eden Brent, because she's a very well-known boogie-woogie piano player and singer. So, you know, and then my other sister, Jessica Brent, she also plays guitar and sings. And then my mother, Carol Brent, also wrote songs, too. And we actually, the three sisters, did an album of my mother's songs called Party Dress. So... Uh, yeah, I do come from a musical family, but I would say Eden it had the most success. <laughs> well, you, you've still got plenty of road to drive here, so let's wait and see. I, I think the thing that, you know, the thing that is so interesting is how, you know, so you all grew up together and, you you know, were influenced by your mother, your both your parents, you know, who are big music musicians and that, but that you each really found your own style and your own, you know, you're, you're totally your own people as musicians, which I think is really. Yes. You know, I think we probably could have been more successful altogether, but I think we argued too much. You know, it's like too many, <laughs> too many cooks in the kitchen and I just try to be the mediator. <laughs> so tell us about kind of growing up in, in the family and like, what was, how was, what was music's place? <clears throat> well, I remember kind of work um, into Eden was life always in the, in the playing house? the piano, but see, since I'm so young, you know, I think I was in first grade and she was graduating. So, you know, there was a point where I was little and everybody left the house. So I was kind of all alone. Um, but there's, you know, then other, you know, then that some of them would come back. So yeah, there was, especially on holidays, I think music is a big, big thing. And, you know, my dad would always be playing country songs and, you know, that's where I probably, uh, learned how to play besides I, you know my mother made us all take piano lessons which I 
didn't ever practice and I just memorized everything. <laughs> you got to learn how to read music. You can't just memorize the song. But um, yeah, so music was a was a big thing. We would, um, and that's when I picked up singing harmony, you know, singing with my sisters. You know, what whether it was Christmas carols or singing country, like Hank Williams tunes with my dad. Um, you know, harmony was all, always a big thing too. And, and so did, did your, did your father, was he kind of your first guitar teacher or how did, when did you pick up the guitar? Yeah, I probably, he had a, an old guitar that I would play, uh, cause it was just laying around the house and, and yes, he did show me probably my first three chords because he can play like a thousand songs with the same three chords. I don't know how he does it, <laughs> but he has mastered that very well. <laughs> That is a country music, yeah, that is a country music skill there. Every, all your favorite songs with the, with the three chords. Yeah, yes. Well, the thing I was thinking about listening to this record, though, is kind of your mother's side of, of kind of the influences on you. She worked as a singer, kind of professionally right. or semi-professionally. Tell us a little bit about that. I would say semi-professionally. Okay. Uh, and then she did plays and things and... You know, I think she would have liked to have been, a, you know, a professional singer. But then she, when she married my dad, she just kind of, you know, became a mom. And so left all of that behind. But I know that she, she was probably the most talented in our family. I, you know, me, I, I, that's what I think. <laughs> she was great. And she was kind of like, uh, she did kind of pop vocal. Am I remembering that correctly? Like kind of her style? Well, style? yeah, jazz, like jazz standard right. songs. Mm. And I, you know, and then also country, you know, when she wrote songs, it would either be like a kind of a jazzy song or, or a country songs. So both of those. I, and I definitely hear that in your style, you know, like I think people would see, you know, I mean, not to stereotype, but you know, a lady with an acoustic guitar and long hair and they think, Oh, here's a folky, but there, there's so much kind of like that, that, that pop vocal in your, in your style as well. Oh, wow. Well, well, that's neat. I, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> so you're listening to the Mississippi arts hour. I'm Larry Morrissey with the arts commission. Today, our guest is Bronwyn Brent and we're talking about her music and uh, her brand new record called undercover. So how did you, um, so when did you make the leap from kind of playing music around the house with your family to getting out in public and performing? Ooh, okay. The first time I played, I guess, was with my sisters. And it was like, they used to have this little festival called the Levy Break Festival. And you know, it may have only been one year and that was it. But that's the first time I ever sang in public. And I think we just did like a... a an acapella version of uh, one morning in May. We used to do that song a lot together. And then the next time after that, I would say is, you know, in my, uh, I guess after high school playing at local coffee shops there in Greenville and, uh, the open mic nights around town. Um, that's kind of where I got used to playing live. And then I moved to Nashville uh, because Jessica, my older sister, was living there doing music. And so I went to and did, you know, like in the rounds with her. And, I, you know, sang harmony with her at the Bluebird Cafe. So it was neat watching her, you know, in Nashville and, and getting to know how, how you try to make it in the business. <laughs> so that's 
that was my start, really. Did that time in Nashville, did that kind of say, oh, maybe this is something I want to do or what? I mean, because it, it, it's a pretty competitive world up there, and especially in the singer-songwriter world. What right. Was your, what are your and, memories of that? Of that and whether that yes everybody there it seems like everyone there wants to make it in in music whether they're a waitress or something you can like overhear people's conversations everyone is there to do the same thing now the good thing about that is at the open mic nights you know all the songwriters are very supportive of each other you know they've got big crowds and but yeah there's there are a lot of driven people there and I I'm not sure I have that kind of drive that some of those people have <laughs> i'm not sure i'm a little more shy and yeah so i don't know maybe too much of a big city for me <laughs> and so did you i i remember like kind of your first foray was it going off to austin to kind of try to get into that scene or yes what? Yeah, okay. yes um well i i'd recorded uh my first album there and i was living in new orleans at the time and um so I thought, okay, well, uh, Austin might be a good move. They say it's the music capital of the world. And I remember my first gig that I played, nobody showed up. I mean, there was, nobody. well, I didn't know anybody in town, but they put, it was at a coffee shop, but they put me in this other room, not even where they're selling the coffee or anything. It's like in the coffee shop, all these people were on their computers. So the you know Austin might have too much music going on <laughs> that yeah. might be the problem I didn't give up there I did eventually get to have a little following there but then I you know I moved way out in the country about 40 miles west of Austin I was out in the hill country so because uh, I'm kind of a country girl I, I really do prefer the country to the city <laughs> and your your family grew up out you, your, your family home was outside of Greenville right is that, oh yes, right? yes. So I guess in Winterville is is where where it is really, but oh. really it's just out in the middle of some cotton fields, basically. So is it close to the mounds? Uh, yeah, half a mile down the road from the Winterville mounds. Oh wow! Do you have any memories of going there as a kid, or was that a was that a place that y'all went at all? Or well, yeah, I do remember going there when it snowed and sliding down some of the smaller mounds. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know if we were supposed to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, and it was real pretty in the wintertime, you know, because I just remember it snowing more when I was a kid. I don't know. But anyway, I, I have memories of that. Yes. Really cool place. And um, your, what was your, I, I apologize, your first album, the title? Oh, Deep Black Water Deep Black is the first Water. album. And you, you seem to have a, uh, 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 some, I don't know what it is, some, some, some magnetic force that draws people into your recordings. You, you seem to have interesting musicians in all your recordings. And the one that, that really uh, impressed me was the, uh, the late keyboardist uh, Ian McLaughlin played on that. Right? Oh, he was I from know. the Small Faces played on that. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea he was living in Austin. And so the producer that I worked with, Mike McCarthy, you know, which the, the producers that I've worked with, they, they arrange for the players, you know, mm -hmm. who's going to back me. I mean, I play my acoustic guitar, but then I, and then I've, you know, people, a lot of people have said, why don't you do an acoustic album? But I mean, I could do that at, in my living room. I would much rather, if I'm going to a studio, I'd much rather hire musicians. And so Ian, you know, was uh, living there in Austin and, you know, it wasn't, it was, he was like, sure, of course, you know, it, it was easy to get him to play on it. So 
Oh, and one of the funny things is I wanted Eden to play on the album. So I remember the producer, Mike, telling me, now, are you sure, you know, you don't want Eden, Ian to play this song? I'm like, no, Eden has to play on this song. <laughs> and, it like, and it's like, I'm arguing with the guy in front. He's doing this in front of Ian. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable, but I just thought, no, my sister has to play on the song. So they both played on it. That's great. That's great. <laughs> It's a great memory. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. We're back on the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey with the Arts Commission, and today our guest is Bronwyn Brent. She's a native of Greenville, Mississippi, now lives on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and she's got a brand new record out called Undercover. Okay, well, this record, it's a... it's like we were saying before, it's a little bit different than the, your last record, Stardust. It's uh, got the same great singing and, and, and songwriting, but the, the, the instrumentation, kind of the arrangements are a little bit different. And so it, it, it's got a new sound. So maybe start off, just talk about how you kind of either work with the producer or how that, how that kind of came together. Okay. Well, before I made my second album stardust with johnny sankster he's the producer he had sent me you know some songs from raining the raining sound so i think for a while he's been wanting me to there was something i mean obviously it was on his mind so with this album he said i want to get benny Trokin, who plays the bass and mikey post who plays the drum they're the rhythm section of that band you know the raining sound which i had never really listened they're like a maybe a 60s garage sort of punk band. And I, originally I really... from Memphis as well. Or right. at least the, the leader is from Memphis. I think he lives in North Carolina now, but yeah. Yes, and I had never heard of them. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> but anyway. And so, um, which a lot of people discouraged me from doing that because they didn't want me to sound, well, they, I guess they thought I was going was to sound like garage, uh, 60s garage punk or whatever but I thought you know what if I'm they're my songs I'm going to be playing the guitar and like Johnny said when we were recording listen to Bronwyn she's she's going to drive the rhythm you know <laughs> anyway not that I feel like I do that but anyway and another idea he had was recording at Daptone Studios in Brooklyn or Bushwick is this little neighborhood there because they they have it all set up where you can record live to eight track reel to reel and the, the neat thing about recording live, you know, to tape is that you commit to, to ideas and things a lot quicker. So like 
within three takes, you know, you're going to have it. You know, one of those takes is going to be it. So it, it was more interesting to work to tape, you know, than say Pro Tools when, you know, you could oh, go back and redo those vocals or something like that. So it's kind of like then, the old, the old tiny way of recording. It's like, we're going to get this and whatever yes. you get is what we're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. And then um, Dan Walker played the organ and I had worked with him before on Stardust. And so that was the main, you know, group that, that, you know, we recorded live and then everybody else who played on there, it was like overdubs in Seattle. You mentioned uh, Undercover being an older song that you that you you've had for a while that you finally finished. Yeah. So what were were these other songs? Maybe just give us an over. You don't have to go through song by song, but like were were these ones that um, you were writing with the with the idea of having this different band, or are these songs that have been percolating for a while? Let's see. Um, well, okay, that's Undercover was one. A new song. I know it's late. Was new. Walk and Relapse was actually uh, also an older song. I'm going to get my CD out so I can look at it. Okay, she's going into the closet here. Sometimes I even forget what songs are on there. Um, Oh, and look, this time I did covers, two covers that I had never done before. I want to ask you about that for sure. Um, So I did two covers. That was a lot of fun. I'd never done that before. Someone That I Loved, that was a new song. Raincoat was a new song. You've lost your way was an old, uh, an older idea that I'd written in Texas, but finished. Big Talker was a new song. Lost in the Moonlight, new song. Empty Pot of Gold, new. River Lullaby was an old song. And then I Walked Away was a newer song. So I guess it's kind of a mixture of both. Sorry that I went through the whole thing. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. We, we got a complete list. Um, but in terms of like, what you had when you went to the studio are you just it's just you just you and your vocal and your guitar and then are you are you thinking about other ideas in terms of instrumentation or is that you oh yeah the producer? I mean okay. you know when I have ideas I'll let him know you know but like like for instance on Big Talker which was really strange in my demo I recorded the harmony starts at the very beginning which is kind of unusual usually harmony is on you know, like in the chorus or something. And so he wanted to keep that. And so then I was like, well, okay, let's maybe do some other, maybe we could do some other harmony. So I did like three part by the the end of it. I'm not sure how many times I, I didn't know we were going to end up doing that, but he, I guess he liked the demo. So <laughs> talk about the studio because Daptone is oh, a yeah, pretty yeah. well-known studio. Like for, for folks listening, um, probably the most famous, a lot of the retro soul groups out of kind of the East Coast record there, uh, the late Sharon Jones, who was a very well-regarded kind of retro yes. soul singer, recorded most of her records there, and it, it's got this very distinctive sound. So maybe talk a little bit about that studio, what it was like recording yeah. there. Uh, well, it is an, I didn't realize it's a very old-looking building, and actually, I took a picture of it and put it in the album. <laughs> I didn't want to, like, say, oh, I'm on, you know, Daptone Records or anything, because I'm not. I'm not affiliated with them at all, but the building was just so cool-looking, and so, of course, when we're upstairs in there, and you have to, you can't run the window AC, and it happened to be 90 degrees in New York, you know, that year <laughs> in the summer, and so, um, I think sweating 
you know, sweating so much. I was so worried about how uncomfortable I was that I wasn't that nervous when we started recording. So maybe it helped. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, it was just surreal, really. But I didn't realize how popular that place was because a lot of the people would come and like take pictures of the studio. So I was just there, you know, concentrating on my task, <laughs> you know, because you don't have long to three days, you know, to record all this music. So you got to get to work. <laughs> so it was all in three days. And yeah, well, I think four, four. And how long did you have with the, the rhythm section and the other players to kind of work through the parts? Was it? Oh, right away. Yeah. I mean, we just went in there and I would play the song and they'd play along with me, you know, a few times. And one thing about Johnny, he does like to get things right. So sometimes I feel like we are playing this too many times. Like I'm getting tired, <laughs> but yeah. So you kind of just go over it with them and then you record. That's how it works. Yeah. You're listening to the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Bronwyn Brent. We're talking about her brand new record, Undercover, which was recorded up in Daptone Studios up in New York City with a lot of great musicians. You mentioned earlier uh, you've got a couple of um, cover songs on here, and, and so what what brought you to pick those? And uh, one's kind of a blues or an R&B, and one's more of a, a like, almost like a cabaret song or something, right? Right. Um, so... Back when I had a car, <laughs> I used to listen to uh, satellite radio, like 40s on four. <laughs> and anyway, I, I think I heard this song on there. It's called What You Gonna Do When Your Baby Leaves You. And it's an old Chuck Willis song. And I believe it was recorded in 1957. And there's a great slide guitar on that song. So I remember like after we recorded it, Johnny was thinking we're finished with the song. And I was like, oh, come on, we got to put some slide guitar on there. <laughs> so we added that later in Seattle. Um, but it, it was fun. That's the first, very first song I recorded when I got to the studio too. And then the other cover is a song that a lot of people have done called If You Go Away. And the French version is called Nimakitapa. Um, Jacques Brel wrote it and write English lyrics. So, um, you know, Dusty Springfield did it, uh, Shirley Bassey, Tom Jones, uh, you know, a bunch of people, maybe even Frank Sinatra. Is this a song <laughs> that you've known for a long time or is it something you picked more recently? Um, no, I've, I mean, I would say within the last, uh, yeah, I mean, years, I would say seven years or something. Yeah. I, I I like listening to a lot of older music. You know, that's probably... So, yes, I, I was familiar with the song. Yes. I always wanted to learn the French version, but, you know, I think I'd sound way too country. <laughs> <laughs> be a real bad accent. <laughs> well, it might be very unique, you know. A yes. del some Delta French, you know. Exactly. <laughs> that's a very distinctive thing. Um, well, uh, you know, that that makes me think, you know, like the, the song... Um, Lost in the Moonlight, and I'm going to drop just a just a tiny bit of it here uh, for okay. us to listen to. Okay. I know that you want me, so don't play and taunt me. Tonight I'm going to make you mine. It's after midnight. Don't you know a place? So 
you know, this one is, is kind of one that I'm thinking about when I was talking about earlier about kind of the pop influence. And I was just curious about, you, you mentioned about listening to the forties, uh, station on, on satellite. What, what are some of your other kind of influences? Cause I definitely hear the kind of the classic, uh, pop vocal. I hear the cabaret kind of sound, you know, these, these different, um, uh, very different from, you know, Delta, but, but interesting that you're bringing them in. Oh, yes. Well, I, I joke around when I play live. Sometimes I say, you know, my dream is to be a lounge singer. <laughs> really, what I'd like is to be like a, in a long sequin dress singing in some, well, I can't stand cigarette smoke, but <laughs> singing, you know, in some bar late at night somewhere. I mean, that would be some, you know, doing old songs or jazz songs. I mean, that would be so much fun to me. Um or playing them, but you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a simple guitar player. So my music is kind of straightforward and simple, but I do love like Sarah Vaughn. It's probably one of the best singers ever. Uh, of course, Aretha Franklin. So I think I've gotten more into like jazzy kind of stuff as I've gotten older. And you know, when I was younger, I was more into like, you know, Joni Mitchell or Neil Young, the kind of folky stuff. But I think my taste has, has changed as I've gotten older. How did you, um, I, I'm curious about kind of the, um, what was your initial reaction to when your producer kind of brought in the Farfisa organ and, uh, and uh, you know, Lord. and that, and that, it's just <laughs> a, that kind of classic uh, 60s sound. What was. Okay. Sometimes I liked it. And then sometimes I can't remember which song. There was one song that sounded like the Adams family. And I said, <laughs> we got to tune tone down that organ. I mean, I love it, but we're getting a little bit like that. <laughs> and so when I play live, I usually play in a trio, like, and so, you know, I just, I don't know, but anyway, that's what he wanted to do. So you have to, sometimes you just have to go with someone's idea. Um, I think it really adds it. Trust. Them. Yeah. I think it adds a layer to it and, and kind of lifts the yes. vocal in a different, puts you kind of in a different spot. And, in some ways, it almost, it, I feel like the vocal becomes more, it's got more aggression to it. Or I mean, the, the sound is more oh, aggressive, you know, like, I, I mean, because yes. some, some of your lyrics can be kind of, um, I guess in some of their places, they can be very sad and, you know, like it's, it, you know, but, but oh, then, right. but then yes. kind of the, you know, like that, the cover song, I'm thinking, I mean, the, the, uh, the title song, especially kind oh, of has, undercover, like, yeah, yes. has that kind of, you know, feel to it. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to make a sad record because a lot of times people have said, oh, your music's too sad. So it's better if you've got a little groove in the background to, to tap your foot to. Maybe people won't think it's so sad. <laughs> this is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee only financial advising firm and co host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, 
or on your smart devices podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. We're back for the final segment of the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Bronwyn Brent, and she's got a brand new record out called Undercover. Okay, one uh, thing that is, is very distinctive in your biography, in kind of your musical biography, is your kind of connection to England as a as a place that you perform. And I'm, uh, it seems like you've uh, looking, you know. There, there's already lots of uh, good reviews of your new record coming out of England and that. So how did that, how did you get established over there? How did that get started? Okay, well, I played, I had a showcase at the uh, Folk, what is it called? The Folk International Conference. Is that what it's called? It was in Kansas City, and I think that was in oh, right. 2014. Um, and so... I played a little showcase there and then I met a a booking agent from Scotland, but I didn't have, you know, I had to kind of, I was doing this thing called the griddle where they listen to 60 seconds of your song and then they're going to critique you and be really mean (laughs) pretty much. That's what it was. But so uh, there were several people on the stage and one of them happened to be this fellow named Loudon Temple, who was this booking agent. So I thought he had really nice things to say about my song. And he was like, you know, and I'd like to talk with her afterwards. Anyway, so I did. I gave him my CD, my first CD. I was making, finishing my second one. And so he booked a tour for me a year later, which was in 2015. And so I've been touring so for five years. I think I skipped last 2019, but I, I toured this year too. And I've done it for five years, sort of in a row. And I go every March. And um, I've just kind of been building um, a little following, I guess. <laughs> and they've been real nice. But, and the crowd, it's different playing over there because people are real quiet. And some people in England are real reserved and they just sit there and listen. It's funny because you can go like just a short distance and the people in the next little village or something are completely different because, you know, it's, it's really wild. <laughs> what was that initial tour like? I mean, had you been, had you been Ooh. to England before? Or? Never. And I was very, I got sick right before I went and I was sick the entire time. And then the very last, it was awful. So my nose, I was so stopped up sounding. And the very last I had a Bob Harris inter- interview at the BBC studio. And then I went to his house and did a thing called under the apple tree, you know, where they were going to record a song of mine. And I was going to, was going to be on YouTube or something. And, of course, I sounded terrible. I've never even shared that video because I sounded, you know, I was so sick. But I made it through. <laughs> but I haven't been, that was the only time. And then it's been fine ever since then. <laughs> so what is, is there kind of like a, a folk or singer-songwriter circuit in, in England? Or what, what kind of kind of places do you play? Um, Let's see. Well, you know, uh, venues say up to maybe 400 and I would never pack a place like that. But then I play little pubs uh, sometimes, but it's kind of a small circuit that I play. You know, I'm not, I wish I'd, I did play the uh, Celtic connections, this festival that happens in February. The first year I played that, which is a huge festival and all kinds of people from all over come and play and they got my ticket and everything. So I think maybe that's the whole deal. It's like, 
you know, the first time you come over, they make everything look really great. <laughs> and then it just kind of gets harder and harder. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's been wonderful. They're very sweet over there. Yeah, it seems like you've got some very kind of devoted, uh, I mean, the reviews are very glowing and, and uh, it's, it's it, you know, th that's not easy to come by these days. So that's very good. Oh, yeah, I've been, I'm very grateful. Um, and the weird thing is I was going to release my album uh, April. But then I, so that's why a lot of people were reviewing my record because my release was coming up. And then I'd like had to put the brakes on it because I'm thinking, you know, should I or should I not release an album during a pandemic? <laughs> I just don't think it's a good idea. So I waited and I waited. And finally, I, I released it June 26th, which, you know, what does that mean? It's just on <laughs> streaming services. And, um, but I do, uh, you know, sell my own my cd and then i made vinyl this time too which nice. is fun never done that before that's cool that's cool and you're selling them on your website i guess uh is it bronwynbrent.com yes yeah. yes and i guess bandcamp too is another one if people i think people like bandcamp a lot i had never used it before okay. <laughs> you're listening to the arts hour on mississippi public broadcasting i'm larry morrissey and our guest today is bronwyn brent she's a native of greenville lives on the Gulf Coast now, and she's got a brand new record out called Undercover. So these records have different kind of form, you know, the last two records, I guess, especially have different formulations of, of bass drums, guitar, you have strings, you have horns on this new record, organ. What, so when you go out to actually play, how, uh, talk about the different ways that you kind of actually present the, the music live. Um, well, it depends on if I get hired to play like a, like at a larger festival, say maybe in Mississippi, I might get a full band, you know, where I'd have a drummer, lead guitar player, you know, upright bass player or, or an electric bass. Maybe for this album, I'd have an electric bass player. And then, then I'd be playing the guitar. But in, when I tour in the UK, it just is more economical for me to hire players over there. Uh, you know, an upright bass player and then uh, a lead guitar player. It's just, and it works. So they seem to like it. And the uh, bass player, his name, which I really like, I've worked with him, I guess, three times now. He's originally from Brazil. So he has this little foot pedal that he plays that is so nice. Like for some of the songs, it sounds really good. Um, I don't know. Yeah, because he does like Bossa Nova and stuff like that. And then um, Kevin Barrett is from Toronto, and he played uh, lead guitar. So it was fun because I'd never played with him before. But, you know, it's just nice to make connections with people that live other places, just in case you want to tour. That is good. <laughs> that is, you, can, you can travel light that way, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. Now, of course, with the virus, everybody's kind of at home now, but kind of stateside where are some do you have kind of I know that you you there was a while where you were coming up to Jackson and doing some shows um in the um the gallery space in Fondren I think you'd come oh, up a yes. few times and done that and the yes. late James Patterson's uh, studio yeah. yes that was wonderful what are some other are, are there other play, do you ever play in the Delta or Gulf Coast New Orleans what uh, well, I've played like at the hot, hot tamale festival. It happens in October. Uh, I played at the mighty Mississippi music festival, which I don't know if that's going to continue. Hopefully it will. Um, 
I guess everything's kind of on hold right now. But, um, and then I've played little places around here in Bay St. Louis, but you know, when coastal towns tend to like, uh, cover songs, maybe more of, um, Jimmy Buffett. I'm not, <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm thinking I, I was trying, <laughs> I was thinking parrots, parrots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of his name, but yes. So I don't, you've heard that request before, um, I guess, huh? <laughs> right or play something we can dance to <laughs> well you have some on this record i think the chuck willis song oh yeah one to get people out of oh the dance yes floor. yeah i hope so <laughs> are you are you working on any new music now or what, what what's kind of your uh are you a songwriter do you do you write just for a rec- uh, you know a recording project or are you kind of working all the time um Usually I'll just write music when I'm inspired. And that's usually, you know, I have sat down before and like, I'm going to write a song, but usually I'm, I'm one of those people that has to be moved by something to start writing. But so the next thing I want to do possibly is a bossa nova album and a samba. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm talking with the bass player about that. So that would really be a different direction, but we were able we did uh, a couple of songs, a couple of cover songs and on the last tour, which got cut short. It was in March. Oh, okay. And so the tour got cut short. And I was thinking, well, you know what? I could just stay here and wait out this thing. Oh, <laughs> but I didn't know. Didn't. I'm glad I came on back home. <laughs> yes. How long had you how long had the tour been going before you had to stop? Um, it was about halfway through, I guess. It started the first of March and then the last gig was the sixteenth. Okay. Yeah, right up to the end there. Yeah. Well, right. Well, is there um what kind of music are are do you listen to uh much new music or do you hear other singer-songwriters or what kind of music are you kind of hearing in your in your day-to-day that that inspires you or gets you thinking about stuff? Is anything kind of come to mind over the last, you know, since you've been at home with this thing? Um, well, in the Bossa Nova Samba, I found this guy named Nelson Cavaquino and I absolutely love him. And of course, Antonio Carlos Jobim, I love, of course he was wonderful, but I, you know, I tend to listen to older music, people that aren't around anymore. Um, I love R and B, you know, like I love Bobby Womack. So a lot of the things I listen to sound probably nothing like me at all. (laughs) And, um, you know, and I, I don't know. I love Chris Christopherson. I love, I mean, my music, the music that I like listening to, like back when you could go out and hear music, I would love to go see like classical music too over in, over in new Orleans, the LPO. Okay. So, um, I just, yeah, I like everything. (laughs) Is there anything like, have you absorbed anything from your time kind of on the Gulf Coast in terms of, is there, are there music traditions that, you know, um, growing up in the Delta that you weren't exposed to that have been kind of interesting to kind of be around back when, back when you could see music, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, well, I guess living on the water, although we did have, we were on Lake Ferguson, so there, and the river's right there too. But it's funny, I won't get in the water here. <laughs> Can you believe that? But I've swam in the Mississippi River. Now that makes no sense. <laughs> that seems safe but to anyway, you. Or... <laughs> so 
I know. It's like, <laughs> I know what it is. And then I drink the brown water that's in the Delta. So oh, right. yeah. um, I think that maybe living by the water, you know, and hearing the seagulls, it is kind of a different, as far as, as just the nature and stuff that's here, that, that might inspire me to write differently. Cause you know, in the Delta in the wintertime, it's very barren looking and all the fields are plowed up and it's, you know, the trees have no leaves and things like that. And here, you know, you got a lot of live oaks and, you know, there's more green stuff throughout the year. Right. So it, it does have a different feeling about it. Yeah. I would imagine some people are, you know, surprised when they hear you're from the Delta, just because they're, you know, the Delta just kind of exudes a, just as, you know, such a big personality musically. What, uh, but what kind of things, maybe it's, it's not apparent, but are there things kind of that from your time growing up there that, that you feel like have influenced your music, either, you know, musicians oh, in, yeah. the, in the community or, oh, yeah. or musical traditions or things that were kind of around when you were growing up? Yeah. Um, well, I think we were really lucky, you know, cause son Thomas was there. Um, you know, Mamie Davis, there's, oh, there yeah. were so many blues musicians. And then also the, uh, the Mississippi Delta Blues and Heritage Festival was like, at one time, you know, when I was growing up, I think it was this, maybe the largest blues festival in the country, at least the set, I know the second largest. Now it's, it's coming back now, but back then there, you know, there were all kinds of Stevie Ray Vaughan played there. And, you know, so I think that um, growing up, we saw a lot of, there were, you know, there was a lot of music. So yeah. Now I do, I do play some blues songs. I don't really write blues songs, but I mean, I, I guess I was influenced, but I, I mean, I loved it. So, um, and then my sister listen, you know, growing up, listening to them, but it, you know, it's hard to say what influenced me. I have no idea. I, I would need a shrink <laughs> to tell me. <laughs> We'd have to hypnotize you and pull it all out. Right. I think so. <laughs> Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, if people are interested in learning more about the record or, or, or about your, your music overall, where, where should they go? Well, uh, my website, uh, you know, bronwynbrent.com. And spell, um, spell so Bronwyn for them. Okay. B-R-O-N-W-Y-N-N-E. And then my last name's Brent. B-R-E-N-T. Is Bronwyn, a, is that a family name or? Can you believe they got it out of a name book? It's Welsh. So when I go over and play in England, they're like, are you Welsh? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, I didn't think so. You, you know, you spell it funny. <laughs> so, but it is neat be, you know, when I play over there and I have the, this Welsh name. Yeah, that is. I didn't even <laughs> think about that. How about that? Well, it's been so great talking to you. I, I really encourage everyone to go out and uh, check this new record out. It's really something special. And um, so for those of you who are listening in, um, you missed the first part of the show, you want to go back and hear it, or you want to share this with a friend, we encourage you to do that. You can go to the MPB website at mpbonline.org. They post all these past shows, all the shows that we do as streaming files that you can you know, click on and share and that. Or if you do podcasts where uh, the Arts Hour is available as a podcast, like all the other locally produced shows on MPB. 
This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org.